0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally, and today we are going to speak with Cameron. So we're gonna give her a few moments to join in on the live, and then we're gonna get started. I also wanna tell you that Cameron made my hat, okay? So take a look, and I'm sure, and I know for a fact, not I'm sure, I know for a fact we will talk about this beautiful hat that she custom made for me. But I see her now, so I'm going to get started. Hello! (laughs) Hello! How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming. Are you ready to get started? Yes, I am. Perfect. I'm going to put my volume up just a tiny bit. All right, so tell us a little bit about you and about your trick.
1: Well, I'm Cameron. Um, and my trick, so I pull mainly from my scalp, um, although lately it's kind of been <laughs> anywhere. Um, but I started, I don't even know when. Um, I started noticing it my senior year of high school. but. Um, I'm only recently really aware of what it is. And I only started like reaching out in the trick community and really finding um, like my place here and understanding what's going on uh, very recently, um, a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it started, um, I started noticing that I was pulling um, at the end of my senior year of high school, I was going, through a lot of exams and was really stressed. And it was something that um, weirdly I found soothing to um, pick or pull up my hair when I was studying or when I was feeling anxious. And um, I didn't think much of it. I thought that it was something that I had totally under control. (laughs) And if I wanted to stop, I totally could whenever I wanted. Um, And it went away and it would come back and it, it just, felt very transient and um, like nothing that I should be at all worried about until um, when we went into lockdown and quarantine and sort of the world turned upside down. And um, like many other people, I'm sure I was feeling a sort of stress that I had never experienced before. Um, And I found myself uh, leaning a lot more on that comfort that I found from pulling on my hair and um, that kind of weird sensation-seeking thing that that drove me to somehow feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when it really got out of hand. Um, I I mean, my family noticed. um, It was something that I didn't really know how to explain. But I kept thinking, well, it's something that I could always stop if I wanted to. um, And until... I wanted to.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um and I've I've always had really thick hair which I've never been more grateful for than I am now. Um but I I remember thinking oh it, it's just one hair it, I won't miss it and then the next one oh, I won't miss that either, you know, and until I started realizing that um I was being really destructive to my body and um it was something that I didn't have as much control over as I thought. Um, Yeah. And that's when um, I went back to school sort of mid pandemic, which again was another unprecedented, stressful time. Um, And I realized that it was just something that had gotten completely away from me. And I sought help for the first time. And it was, my trick wasn't even what, brought me to a counselor. I was just feeling the anxiety and the stress of the time and said kind of, you know, sheepishly, like, I kinda of do this thing to make me feel better and I don't even realize that I'm doing it. And it doesn't actually make me feel better anymore because it's something that I can't control. And um that's when I was introduced to what trichotillomania is and the fact that I'd been experiencing it for years and, and
0: didn't know. Um so yeah, that's a little bit about. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So when you did find out there was a name for it, how did you feel? Um it was
1: it was weird. It was a little overwhelming um because I was sort of going along thinking this is such a weird embarrassing thing that I do and um you know, I, I felt like I was really hiding it and having to admit something when I finally did. And then I remember my, um, the psychiatrist that I was talking to, said, Oh yeah, trichotillomania. And then like wrote it down. <laughs> that was a big word. What was that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked it up and, um, read a lot about it and it was, it, it felt in a weird way. Like somebody was like looking into my brain and they were, I, I felt, oddly exposed that like there's all this research out there and there's all this literature and so many other people experience it in different ways. And that discomfort quickly turned into something that was very comforting. Mm-hmm. No, um, it wasn't just something weird that I did. Um, it was something that a lot of people experienced and it wasn't something that I needed to feel as much shame for as I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, But I remember it it was a weird feeling of I should be an expert on this because I'm experiencing it. Um, But at the same time, I was still learning. And I I still feel like that. I I am still reading articles and I see things that people experience or their progressions. And it's it's so different for everybody that you really can't know it inside and out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember, I mean, my mom and and my close friends were asking, or my family at this point, I hadn't told my close friends, but they were asking, okay, well, do you do this? Like, is is this how you experience it? Like, do you pull because you need to, or because you want to? And it was sort of like, I'm in it with you guys. I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was, it was a little bit um, scary at first to be given a label that I didn't really understand. But I then found a lot of comfort in that in, in something that other people were experiencing and that I could read about and felt like it it wasn't it wasn't something that was wrong with me, mm-hmm. um, and that ultimately was a a very positive
0: thing. Yeah, did you confide in people when you were pulling and you didn't really like know the name for it, and you're kind of like, "Oh, I, I could stop this. Did you tell people you did it before that, or did you maybe tell people after? The diagnosis
1: so it was kind of a <laughs> a rocky road of I don't know how other people can help because I don't know how to help myself um for a while so when it started getting out of hand like at the end of quarantine and I was still at home with my family and they were noticing and kind of I was I, I think I downplayed it and said oh it's something that I do but you know it's totally fine and I said um, because at that point it had become pretty automatic that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it would be helpful if you pointed it out, if you just told me when I was doing it. And then I felt some like social pressure to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my family then got on board with, okay, well, if they see me doing it, they would say, Hey, you know, pulling your hair. And after a while, I realized that that wasn't helpful because that would make me frustrated that, um, I knew that I was doing it and I wanted to stop and I couldn't. And so then I felt like I was being disappointing that, Mm -hmm. um, being told to stop and I couldn't. And that was, um, that was more scary than anything else. And so, um, it became a very open conversation, especially with my family about, okay, what, what should I do? What do I do to help? And, um, 99% of the time my answer was, I don't know. (laughs) Um, and I, I went through, um, a time where I was trying, um, which is a technique out there that I'm sure many other people have tried too, but, um, where you name each hair before you like want to pull it out so that you give it, um, like, so you have empathy towards it. And I remember, um, my sister got so into that one and she would, um, say, Oh no, 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 not Harold. And <laughs> a really funny thing that, um, you know would lighten the mood and and helped combat some of that um some of that guilt that comes with wanting to stop and feeling everybody's eyes on you and knowing that you can't um and once i got a little bit more comfortable with um sort of what trick was and i had been seeing a counselor for a few months that's when i told my like really good friends i said hey i I want to tell you this because I don't want it to be something that I have to like sit down and have a talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I want something casual, something that, um, you can ask me about, I can ask you about and it's, it's fine. And, um, at that point that's when I told my good friends and my roommates because it was a weird feeling of, I don't want anybody to to walk on eggshells around me and, and feel like, um, they are like not supposed to look or something, and it it's so embarrassing <laughs> you know to be in a place where there are other people and you're in the middle of this really bad urge and there's just like no way out and I wanted to avoid that at all costs because I realized that that was just one of the most unhealthy situations I could be in um, and so at that point I sort of found my support system and leaned on them as much as I could, but still, you know, exploring those different ways of, okay, maybe you shouldn't say anything or, um, mm-hmm. I've been having kind of a hard time with, you know, pulling automatically. Could you, could you let me know, you know, so it, it's been back and forth, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a slow process of who I let into that world, mm-hmm.
0: um, at first anyway, now, of course, let's <laughs>
1: It's anyone, it's out there for the
0: world. <laughs> mm-hmm. How how long did it take you to get on social media and kind of share? And then we'll talk about your knitting. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Um, so that took
0: um, a
1: little while. It, it, I had the idea a few months into, like actually working with a counselor and um, you know, trying different methods to really fight it as much as I could. Um, and once I, once I felt some sort of like ownership of that label, then I started thinking more about, um, my relationship with it, how much it was a part of me or not. Um, and over this past winter break, I, um, I've known how to knit for a long time, kind of off and on. I have like bits and pieces of scarves all over my room for as long as I can remember, Um, but I had decided that I wanted to, um, knit my boyfriend a scarf for Christmas. That's what I wanted to do as a project. And I realized that it was, um, a really good, a therapeutic thing to be doing when I was, you know, sitting watching Christmas movies with my family and I would otherwise be putting myself at risk of getting into a bad urge with, you know, sitting comfortably with my elbow propped up and what else is there to do, you know? Um, and so I, I realized that that was something that was kind of working and it was the first time that, um, something had kind of started to click with, you know, I'm doing this and I'm enjoying it and I'm not having to force myself to like go get a fidget cube or, you know, something it's, it's happening naturally. Um, and around that time is... And then I know that we'll talk more about knitting. I don't want to, like, change the conversation entirely to that. But around that time is when I started thinking a lot more about what my role could be in this, and and that it is um, my trick, and how it has sort of developed into this love of creating and and you know knitting and crocheting and everything that that could really mean something. And um, I. Had the idea um, with my family over the break to, you know, I was I had all these hats and I, we were talking about all the different things we could do with them. You know, we could donate them here. We could, you know, you could give them out as all your Christmas gifts. And um, the thing that was just absolutely the most meaningful was, you know, keeping it relevant to why I started. And the fact that, you know, as knitting hats because I wanted something to put on my head so that I couldn't get to my hair Um, that was too meaningful to ignore, I guess, or to to do anything different. And so I had in my head that I was going to start this business and I was going to put myself out there and, um, you know, tell the whole world the reason behind it, because that was so special. Um, but it took me maybe three or four months since making that decision that that's what I wanted to do been to actually do it um and I kept kind of hiding behind you know oh, I need to make sure that I have enough products I, I need to make sure that you know my Instagram looks the way that I want it to before I you know launch it or just I I found excuse after excuse to delay um really starting it and really putting myself out there like that um but once I did it was it was so liberating and I so excited that I did it and I could never imagine going back. Um, so it was
0: it was a slow turnaround, but um, a really rewarding one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I just saw your I just want to talk about how amazing it is that you've been doing this. You donated $500 yes. like $500 to yeah. TLC. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it's it's wow. a very exciting day <laughs>
1: yeah
0: wow oh my gosh uh,
1: god i i wanted to you know make the first one really count and i've been like sitting on it for a while because i i mean i have expenses to pay off and i was thinking like you know i i need to make sure that i'm running a business correctly but i also am so excited to like make this connection and and have this like first donation really mean something and um we, I decided today was the day, and I am so, so excited about it. It's such a great feeling, and I, hopefully there's there's going to be many more in the future. It's just
0: one of many. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, seriously, like, whoa, <laughs> that's fantastic. And I, I'm just going to, like, talk about this hat for a second. This, like, my custom-made hat, I mean, you know, the people watching, it is so, like, durable and, like, I mean, it's just the best. Do you see this? And, like, I asked for my little wreath. I got my little wreath. But it's so nice. It's It fits beautifully. Perfect. It's, I mean, go to a good stitch and get, uh, you have some really beautiful designs. You, now tank tops, hats. Tell me, tell us, like, the things that you have for sale and all that.
1: Yeah. Um, so... Well, thank you for the glowing review of your hat. It, it, I mean, it looks so great on you with the white and black. I, for anybody who clicks on a good stitch profile, you can see that I am a very colorful person and I'm used to working in very bright colors. And so making this hat in white and black, I was thinking, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, get tired of just working with neutrals. And then as soon as I got it done, I thought like, this is beautiful, (laughs) people have with working with neutrals i need to I need to start adding some in because it just turned out so clean and so so like crisp looking so thank you for that you're i got to start your own line or something <laughs> but um yeah so i i started i have beanies for sale always because i I started making beanies and um they were like my go to favorite thing to make and that's where I learned a lot of um you know, how to do sizing, how to work with different like gauges and things like that. Um, so of course I started my business like right when winter was ending. So I have a huge stock of beanies <laughs> for the summer, um, but they'll be around once it gets cold again. Um, and then I have some berets, which are a fun sort of year round hat. And they're they're just a fun like statement piece. Um, And lately I've been doing a lot of bucket hats like yours. Um, A lot of custom ones, but a lot of ones that I kind of dream up and then make and somebody ends up liking it, Uh, some with embroidery, some with changing colors. Um, I make bandanas now, too, because those are like really trendy to wear in your hair now, Um, and some scrunchies, which are probably one of my favorite things to make. and I started making shirts. <laughs> so many people um, reached out to me and said that I should start making shirts. And I, I bottled with it for a while because selling headwear was something like so central to what I was doing. And and I started doing headwear because of my trick. And it was very, you know, symbolic. But um, at the end of the day, I I like to try new things. I like to create. And um you know if people were interested in shirts then that's a new thing for me to start exploring and so i'm like right at the beginning of trying out some uh new patterns and and some new like i have some vests coming which are really yeah. exciting um so it's it's ever growing i'm trying not to limit myself to um just the same things over and over because part of what makes knitting and crocheting so fulfilling and so good as a as a substitute or something to do with my hands is the Mm -hmm. fact that I can explore new things and try new things and um yeah a good stitch is definitely a representation of that it's kind of churning out new products here and there as well as some old things but basically it's exciting and there's (laughs) there's new stuff coming all the time because I I like to try new things, especially with with knitting and crocheting and all those things are available for anyone else to have as well. So
0: Yeah, I'm like obsessed with this hat. Like I'm I can't I mean I just can't. I'm just fully, fully hundred percent obsessed with it. Um let's talk about some other what are some other things that you do with your hands that help?
1: So, um I Knitting and crocheting obviously is like my go-to. That is um, the best thing I can do as a like preventative thing if I know that I'm going into a situation, if I'm sitting and watching a movie, I'm going to want to be doing something with my hands. So I'll just make sure that I have something to work on um, and that will um, do the best at preventing. I also, I actually have a beaded bracelet in my hand right now. Um, I, before I discovered like my working with like fiber arts, I wore a beaded bracelet all the time. And that was sort of my go-to thing, but that was more of a, I'm either in the middle of an urge or I, I feel that it's going to get really hard here in a minute. And so I better put something in my hand. Um, and I did the same thing. I had like an entire bag of fidget toys that I have tried and, um, there's, I have a cube that like clicks and has buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, that one makes noise. So my roommates were not entirely pleased when I was like in that phase. Um, but really I've, um, I'm a very sensation seeking person. I have learned that touch is something that I constantly have to like be stimulating and, um, so keeping things like beads or I'm wearing, it's hard to see, I'm wearing necklaces now and I will like always be fidgeting with my jewelry, but um, kind of, I guess, loading myself up with things that I can mess with if I need to, if I'm not working on a project or if I'm in a situation where that's not really possible. Um, I like to put a lot of roadblocks in my way so that I will have other things to mess with if I if I feel the need. So... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Are, Those- there any- <laughs> yeah. Are there any specific places that you know, like, hey, I need to bring my knitting in here?
1: Yes, I, um, my family, one of our like, favorite <laughs> bonding family pastimes is like, we'll watch shows together and we'll get really into a series. And every time that I go into the living room to watch anything, I make sure I have a project most of the time, make sure I have two, because um, if I'm working on something like, so your hat is made of cotton, and it's that really stiff yarn that you can feel, and sometimes that'll wear me out to work on for a while, and I will anticipate that, and I'll bring something that's a little softer, so that if I talk myself out of, okay, I don't really want to be crocheting this anymore, because my hands are kind of tired, they're feeling a little blistered, I can still jump to something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i mean there's there is a chair in my house that i have such a relationship with now because um when things were getting a lot worse and i was having a really hard time accepting that what i was doing was something to be taking seriously um i spent a lot of time it's like in a sitting room of my house and i spent a lot of time there and um there would just be like bits of my hair all around it and it was um it was really uncomfortable to know that and recognize that relationship with um this place it's just a chair you know but it's something that every time i sit there my hand goes to my head mm-hmm. um and it was one of those things that when I was really working through trying to identify like what those places are that I really need to be um, putting as much interference between myself and my urges as possible, it that was one place that it's like, it, I should be able to sit wherever I want and not, you know, be dominated by my brain. But here I am not sitting in it unless I feel really good about that I'm not going to pull I'm feeling good about I have something in my hands because I know that that's that's a place that's like red hot for me mm-hmm. um and of course studying I am I'm a college student so I'm always busy so anytime I'm at my desk um that's sort of a danger zone but it's it's harder to control because if if I'm studying I can't really be Knitting or crocheting at the same time, so that's where things like you know, having beaded bracelets, having jewelry that I can fidget with that's where that really becomes important.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you so you live at school, right? Yes, you have roommates now, but during the semesters, I live at school, okay. Yes, and so when you're there and you told them, how did that? I know that you said you know, you didn't want to have that awkward like. Are they walking on eggshells? Did you notice um, any like lessening in your urges because you were open about it and like didn't have to hide it? Did you notice any any change there? Yeah, um,
1: that that was one of the biggest game changers really was um, becoming more open about it. And in every step that that took, whether it was um, talking to my family about it and then opening up to my close friends and my roommates and then even like going to Instagram, every time that I became more open with it, um, things got better, and I absolutely think that that's because the the guilt and the shame that comes with pulling out your own hair and and a, you know destroying that part of you and not being able to stop is um, huge, and having the voice in your head, you know, saying, please stop, please stop. You can, and you can, um, it only makes you more anxious and more wanting to seek the comfort of repetitive behavior. Um, and so by talking to people about it, by having those sort of open, just here's me, here's what I'm going with conversations, um, I was much more accepting of what it was because I was coming from a place of, um, this should be something that I can talk about. And I was making it, um, approachable for them as well as myself. And that really helped things because it it lessened a lot of the guilt around it and a lot of the fear around somebody seeing me pull my hair and what are they thinking and they must be so critical of me. it really helped me like get that in check and it did help my urges. It's a, it was a weird sort of turnaround of like, okay, if you see me doing this and then I was doing it so much less. Um, but it was, it was absolutely a weight lifted more than anything else. Um, my, I lived with my sister this past year, so she was one of my roommates, which was the whole, um, a whole like quarantine and when it got bad and, and the whole process and she would really set the tone for the people that I was living with because you know if um after I talked to them about it if I was having a really hard day pulling or something you know she would say like hey is there something in particular you're stressed about right now like is there can we do anything you know, do you want to talk about it and it's like that that is exactly what the goal is with you know you're not trying to look away i'm i'm completely ignoring the fact that you're doing anything but i don't want to be like hey what are you doing and why um it became something very approachable and um everybody has their their fire alarms that they're feeling more stressed or they're feeling more anxious about something and they everybody has the way that that becomes visible and for me it, it was my pulling and so that being able to approach it in that way was um super helpful even just feeling like i had that support and that understanding if when i needed it
0: mm-hmm. well that's really that's a really nice way to like you said make it approachable i really like that um have you noticed becoming more open that people that you know in your past or you know right now have reached out to you and say hey i do it too absolutely And
1: that has been so cool. (laughs) Like, I mean, I I hate to say that and think like, great, you're suffering, but like (laughs) having that connection with somebody is so meaningful. And it's, I mean, it's a a small and mighty community, but at the same time, it's something that almost everyone can relate to in in some way. Um, But people reaching out to me and saying that they have struggled with trick in particular, that has been like an instant connection and it's been so meaningful. And I, one, one person that I, I know reached out to me and said that she had um, had trick for many, many years and she had never been able to talk about it. And it was just, it was too embarrassing. It was, it was there was too much guilt there. And um, it really meant a lot to receive that message because I know that that must've been hard to say anything um, and that, I mean, that was just one example of of people sharing that with me and, and us connecting. And, um, that's been one of the coolest things about putting myself out there is that, um, I've been reaching out my hands to people who have decided to take them. And that's, that's really cool.
0: What advice would you give someone who's kind of on the urge of wanting to share publicly, but like, they're still scared.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that it is absolutely different for everyone, um, whether that is something that would be helpful or something that would then um, feel like a burden to to uphold. But I know that from my experience, um, it was the best thing that I have done uh, to help myself is to um, accept that it is part of me, but it doesn't define me. And it's something that um, I've really been working with instead of trying to work against, um, and the biggest thing for me is, like I said, I mean, the, the weight of the shame that comes with it is, is huge, and it is one of the hardest things to deal with. I mean, and, I mean, my, my trick is, um, compounded by OCD and that has a lot of it's the bully in your brain. And um there are a lot of instances of especially before I was sharing um my experience with anybody of just feeling completely isolated in it and feeling completely like there was nobody out there that understood. Um but really owning that part of me and and telling people that I cared about and then telling the world, it felt like. Um it was just like this amazing scaffolding was built around me in the span of a day and then I felt so empowered and so capable and it it's really been something amazing. And I mean I'm hearing myself and I, I it sounds like it's all shiny and happy and perfect, but um it's really not. I I, um, when we first talked about doing this and doing this trick talks, I was, um, and when, when we set the the date for it, so that was maybe about a month ago, I was in like the best place that I'd been with my trick. I, um, was on my longest streak of not pulling. I had like had this new, um, I, I had this breakthrough of using a habit tracker app and that's what really clicked for me. And it was just like all sunshine and rainbows and it was great. And um, lately I've, I've been feeling a lot more like, um, like I'm really struggling with it again and, and you know, everybody says your progress isn't linear and um, you know, you're going to have good days and bad days, but I've been feeling just like, I have this somewhat of a, a platform. I have a presence, you know, on, on, social media and with this brand that um is something that now that I've put out there I'm not I don't have any intention of taking it back but on days like today I just feel like I'm I'm not somebody that can like stand up and and talk about all of their success because I'm feeling really bogged down by it all right now Mm so I mean overall it has been hugely rewarding and I am so happy that I made the choice to go public with it and tell people and um, embrace that part of myself by showing people that they can embrace that part of me. Um, But it's it's not the magic cure for sure. It's not something that um, I don't always feel like an example. but i think that's part of it i think being real with it and you know i've posted on my instagram about you know keeping a streak going and and things like that and i've posted about breaking those streaks and how how much that hurts and um i mean the support is always there which is really important and that's really great um but the 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 reflection of it seeing yourself on social media and seeing that, you know, you're being transparent with your progress doesn't always mean you're being transparent about your success. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that as hard as that is, it's, it's beneficial to acknowledge that progress isn't linear and that you're going to have hard days, but, um, it can be hard to swallow and it's Mm -hmm. something that you can't ignore. Um, so overall, it's been wonderful, but
0: it's it's definitely not, you know, it's not perfect. <laughs> None of it is. Right. And like you mentioned earlier, I feel the same way. Mine's very transient. Comes, it goes, does whatever it wants. I had a really hard time breaking the mindset of like, wherever I am now, it's going to last forever. So if I'm doing a really good job, I'm like, it's going to last forever. And then if I'm doing a really bad job, it's going to last forever. So it's, it's having that. I had a hard time taking a step back and saying, okay, like, it may last for longer than you think, or it might not, like, it's just a day-to-day thing, and I feel like you felt similar.
1: Absolutely. I, um, yeah, that's, that is so how I've been feeling today. Um, I, so I got this habit tracker, and it was really, like, the biggest, other than the knitting and crocheting, it was the biggest game changer for me. Um, I was having a really hard night and, um, I was studying for a big exam and I was up late and that always stresses me out, like feeling like I'm not going to get enough sleep for something. And, um, I was pulling my hair and I was done studying, but I couldn't get up and get ready for bed because I was just stuck. Mm-hmm. And that was just the worst feeling of, I'm stressed about not being able to go to bed, but I can't get myself out of this chair. And I mean, that feeling of helplessness is just crushing. And um, I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw somewhere somebody using um, a habit tracker for ABFRB. And um, so I went to the app store and I downloaded a few of them and I um, put in for one of them, you know, it says it's been blank long since I, whatever, and I said, I pulled my hair, and the clock immediately ticking, and it's one second, two seconds, and I sat there looking at it and just, like, started crying. I was looking at it. I was like, I have lasted three seconds, Mm -hmm. and I'm so proud of those three seconds, and I walked around my apartment just watching the timer tick up for you know, however long that was, I should have known since I was looking at the time, but, and then I I would keep that up. I was, you know, brushing my teeth the next morning when I got up, I had that going and it was, you know, every second that is counting on there is something that I've been, it's the second that I've been moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that was so meaningful. And I would sit and think of, you know, each second, you know, the cells in my head are, are forming new hair They're, I'm I'm growing, I'm doing better. And it was just huge it was it was so meaningful, and that's what really clicked for me was every second is an accomplishment um, and i I broke that streak a few times i um I had to start it over, but every time it was you know, I would watch those seconds count up, and it became something really amazing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um my streak right now. Is that two months and twenty five days, and I'm off three months. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's huge. I know, and I I can't even believe. I mean, a year ago I, I couldn't do an hour, and now I'm saying that like, oh yeah, it's been two months, and um, it it's great, and it it feels like this huge success, and um. But what I've been counting is not pulling my hair out of my head I've not been breaking my hair but I'm still letting myself seek I'm still letting myself go through my hair and pick at it and but not pull it out but I I I'm still acknowledging the urges and acting on them and at first that was like okay I I have cut off that I'm I'm not pulling it out of my head anymore it's growing back I'm letting it live. I'm valuing it more. Um, and that was a huge success. And it still is. Um, not having you know those piles of hair around the one chair that I would sit in, like, that's huge. Um, but lately, I've been feeling so bogged down by the urges that I still have, that I, I still have my hand in my hair. And that still makes it hard for me to get up. And it makes it hard for me to, you know, actually lay down and go to sleep. I'll be up for hours more than I need to, because I just can't, like, I can't lay down. And I was, I've been thinking lately, like, am I, am I really succeeding? Am I really, you know, is my streak two months and 25 days? Or am I, am I just changing where I'm putting that energy and not actually managing it? Um, and I was, I've been meaning for months, I guess, to start a streak, start a a habit tracker for not having my hands in my hair, not not seeking. And I just haven't been able to bring myself to do it because I know how hard it will be. And I know that I am, it's like putting on a pair of roller skates and I can't roller skate. I know that I'm going to fall down over and over again before I get the hang of it. And I just haven't been able to like pick myself up and face that Um, because it's like, I I guess I just want to hang on to the success that I've created, even though I'm so aware that it it doesn't, it doesn't mean everything. It means something on everything. And um, earlier today, I started my streak for hair seeking. I finally did it. And, um, had a really great pep talk with my counselor, actually, right, kind of right before this. So that was a good, good timing on my part. Um, but and my takeaway from it was success is success, even if it's just seconds. And if it's those seconds counting up, and then you start over, and then you just have seconds again, that's still something. Um, and so it's, exactly like you said it's so hard to feel like where you are now is where you're going to be and i i feel like you know where i am now i'm i'm so aware that i'm, I'm going to break this streak and i i'm going to do it automatically and i'm going to have to watch that counter go back to zero but it's not going to be forever mm-hmm. at some point it's going to become second nature like not pulling my hair out from the roots you know and then if that goes back and I have to set that timer back to zero, then I still have every second. And that is still a success. Um, So it's, it's all in the mindset, but it's, it's so much easier said than done. But yeah, you're exactly right
0: that it is, it is a mental hurdle every day. Mm And I want to say two things one your vulnerability on here is just beautiful like i could cry about it it's just really it's really beautiful to hear the truth it you know social media can be so like let me pick the good moments you know but to hear you're like hey i'm you know i have a really great mindset but like hey i'm still struggling it'll show people who watch that like you can still have those times even if you're like generally like in a good headspace about it it'll it can still really you know beat you down that's what trick does it just really does. Um, and I also want to say to you that the fact that you can go two over two months, almost three months with seeking and not pulling it out. That is incredibly like <laughs> strong willed. Oh my gosh. If I ever tried that, I would, I can't, I, I don't have the the strength for that. So, I mean, seriously, give yourself some props for that because if I find one, I like, I'm like, Eh-eh-eh. you know, that's not, <laughs> it's so hard. So, I mean, you, if from my perspective, like you are such a strong, you know, strong old person and, and really great. So please feel successful, even though you don't feel right now, like, whoa, like you're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, and you're you're totally right. That is
1: I mean, when I first started this streak and I was, um, not pulling but I was still seeking, I was thinking, I'm making this so much harder on myself than I have to. If I could just keep my hands out of my hair, that'd be great. But I'm I'm just dangling the carrot every single day. Um and somehow i've like that's become the new routine and so if i can you know get myself to not do that if i can cut it off at the source then i think that that will be just huge but um you're right it's been a very hard like thing to allow myself to do because it it's like i'm just a second away from starting over because i'm letting myself get so close um and i think that's what's really made it hard to feel like I'm progressing because I I'm so entertaining those urges and Mm -hmm. I need to just to work on putting that energy somewhere else and um you know finding the next thing that's going to work so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I for a while when I was in high school like I I did want to pull the root out I was like I want to pull the root out and I like discovered split ends and (laughs) spending hours like with, I had blonde hair at the time, and so I would get, like, a dark pillow, put it on my legs so that I could see every single end of the hair, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it was great, I guess, because nothing was coming out, but then, like, of course, the ends of my hair look fried, you know, exactly. because I'm just breaking them, but it is so, it's like trying to um, fix one thing, but also you're break- it's still breaking it, you know, it's... yeah. I
1: absolutely have had that experience. And especially lately, I mean, I was, I would consider myself to be like, if I had trichotillomania and I pull from my scalp. Like that's, <laughs> that's my identity with trick. Um, but as I've kept this streak from not pulling my hair from my scalp, I, I was studying for a class one day and I just automatically pulled a chunk from my eyebrow. And I stopped, and it was just—it was so bizarre. It's like I've never really done that. I mean, I've—I've I've always picked at any hair that I can touch, mm-hmm. but never actively pulled hair from my eyebrow before. And I—I I remember just like going white in the face and thinking, like, what am I? What have I done? Um, and I remember thinking, do I need to start this? like, do I need to start my streak over? Like, does this count? And then I, I started a new one for pulling out my eyebrows. So I guess that's something that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of, you know, had a life of its own that I, um, I was never a trickster that, uh, used tweezers until lately because then I thought, well, I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm pulling hair from my leg, then you know, I'm going to shave it anyway. It's, I'm doing myself a favor. Right. And, I would, um, I would just completely entertain those thoughts and and say, well, if I'm not going to miss it, then it's fine. I'm, I'm, then it's self-care. And it was just so backwards and exactly what I was telling myself when I started pulling my hair from my head that I have such thick hair, I'll never miss it. And then I'm pulling my hair from my leg and saying, oh, well, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to shave it anyway. And, um, that became really distressing really fast that it was like i i had redirected that energy and it just came full force and um after one night like a week ago very recent that i was up for an hour and a half more than i wanted to be because i was i had my tweezers and i was going to pull out all the hairs on my one leg I, the next morning I woke up and I took my tweezers to my sister's room and I said, can you, can you keep these? I don't mm-hmm. want to have them anymore. Um, and for the next couple nights after that, as I, was, I, f- I felt those urges so strong and it was, I mean, it, it's heartbreaking in a way that you think, okay, well, I, I thought that I was doing better, <laughs> mm-hmm. but here I am wanting something else so much. And you think like, when, will what, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, stop finding something new to latch on to but then after a couple days of you know, not allowing myself that then that energy has subsided but I mean I know that it could always redirect itself again it's it's I mean not letting yourself entertain it in any capacity is very challenging but it's mm-hmm. it's at least for me, like that's my goal. To that's everybody's goal is to not
0: not do it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it, it's kind of mind of its own sometimes. Oh. oh yeah, and especially getting into that trance, it's. Huh. I mean, hours. You know, like it's you can't unless you've been in it. It you can't really explain what it feels like because it's yeah. just completely controls everything.
1: Yes, you have no awareness of your body other than exactly what you're doing with your hands and then it's like everything else fades away and you have no idea how much time has passed. Like yeah, the the trance, that's exactly
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like you snap out and you're like, oh you look down and there's clumps. Like I used to pull a lot in my bed. And so like the way my I would drop the hair, it would like stick to the side of the sheet. Yeah. But I'd look down and I'm like, oh I would be like scraping a bunch of and I'm like, oh
1: Yeah. I've had the exact same experience trying to go to bed and like propped up on one elbow. And then you look down and you think that I've done that. Or like, it'll be on my sleeves or something. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy that it's, it's something Mm -hmm. hard to describe for somebody that hasn't experienced it. But
0: yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I've had, I had someone on here named um, Leanne and she has been like over a year pull free, and she says like yeah, she's very happy about that. But like it's work every day. Like she like it's it's a it's it's not like oh yeah I'm pull free for a year that's it. It's like an active job every single day to keep that up. Absolutely, it's I mean, it
1: is such a like an energy suck. It's crazy. I I mean. Being in school and being a full-time student, I mean, I, and I'm also notoriously one of those people that over commits myself to everything, but like having to juggle the amount of energy it takes to do an assignment, you're also adding in the amount of energy it takes to fend off the urges that come with the stress of the assignment. And it's just, it's always there. And yeah, I, I, Used to describe it um, to my friends or my family as it's like lifting a weight and it's or it's like carrying around a weight, and for me, every day that I can go without doing it, that's you know I can lift two months and twenty five days today, and I've never been able to lift up before. But every single day, those muscles are working because if I sat down the weight, then I'm pulling my hair. So it, it's not something that just becomes a part of you. It's something that actively every single day tries to make itself known. And it, it, every time you sit down and you prop your elbow up, you think, oh, well, this is what I'm gonna do right now. And you have to actively play defense and building up the emotional and the mental energy to do that is is real. <laughs> and it's, I mean, the worst combination for me is is feeling stressed and feeling tired because I then I feel like I don't have the energy to fight it. And the urge is so much stronger because I'm stressed, but I, I can't fight it because I don't have the energy. Or if I do, then I don't have anything left over to work on what I need to work on. And it's just this constant, like I will, there will always be a slice of my energy pie chunk is not pulling my hair. And I'm never gonna get that slice back, no matter how long my week is. And um, you know, but every day that I can add to it, I mean, every every day that I can lift that weight, I know that I can lift it again. Um, and and that's the mindset that I've had as I've been struggling with this. I need to stop seeking. I I need to start keeping track of that too, because I'm I'm just I'm a hair away, literally a hair away from breaking my streak but i had to keep telling myself like i've lifted that weight before i can do it again and i get stronger every single day but i'm still going to be lifting that weight every single day Mm
0: -hmm. now have you ever seen trick like portrayed in the media like books movies tv yes i so the one
1: time i have um i am a huge fan of criminal minds which is um Like, the worst thing to watch for somebody with OCD, I've been told, like, just don't watch murder shows. And I'm like, okay, I won't. And then I watch Criminal Minds every single night. (laughs) Um, Huge fan. It's weirdly, like, my stress reliever. I don't know why. But for anybody who doesn't watch or hasn't heard of Criminal Minds, it's a fictional show about the FBI um, searching for serial killers. And, um on one of the episodes that i watched with my sister um the the killer that they were looking for had trick and um they noticed because there was like a clump of hair at the crime scene i mean it was it was tv it was not super realistic of course but the whole like plot of this episode was that this woman had been in a car accident and her frontal lobe had been damaged and her personality changed and she didn't have any impulse control anymore and she developed severe trichotillomania and she started murdering people mm-hmm. and I it, it made me so uncomfortable and um I try really hard not to be one of those people that um is offended by everything because I think that that's exhausting and it does more harm than good but um there's time and a place when something you know hits you and you have to sit there and think i am i am seeing myself portrayed in a way that makes me uncomfortable and um that was the one and luckily the only time that i've experienced that but i um I remember I was in like such a weird mood after that. I, I didn't, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I didn't really want to, you know, watch any more of this. I just felt so, I I felt like I wanted to like shake them and say, are you kidding me? Like, you know, you, you're equating this lack of control to, you know, lack of empathy and lack of like, you know, morality and all of this that, it just—it was such an easy jump for these writers to make to go from "Well, you pull your hair out, so what's stopping you from killing somebody?" and it was just bizarre.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's the one time that I've seen it portrayed, and it was—it 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 was, it was lazy. That's the best word for it. Is it was lazy. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, I mean, that—that—that's an example in the wrong direction of how media could be portraying it. But um, otherwise. It's not something that you hear about much. It's it's not something that I think um, people are very aware of, at least in like my age group and the people that I'm around, it's something that is still kind of foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully if I see it in the media again, it'll be much better than the last time. <laughs> now, did they name it? Did they say it was Strictly Mania or just, they did? They said that, you know, the the person had trichotillomania and and she was wearing a wig and she took her wig off and there were bald spots everywhere and it was it was and I mean the the way they were doing it is she had like a handful and like pulled out the whole handful and I was thinking that's not even like that's hard to do I mean yeah yeah it was just a it was a very lazy representation of something that is um a lot more nuanced than that
0: yeah, and it, it, it bothers me a bit because, like, I've watched certain shows or, like, I've read books where I'm like, name it, come on, name it, name it, and they don't, and then now it's like they they knew the name of it, but they didn't do, like, enough research to, like, figure out that we're not, like, scalp, you know, the whole scalp coming off to it. Like, uh-uh. It's
1: one of those things that, you know, for most people, it just it soars right by them, and they think, okay, yeah, that's something that happens, and then for the one and however many that think, wait a second like yeah that, that's not what's going on here that's not what's going on with me um yeah and, and it's weird thinking that um if people if that's their only exposure to it they have a really uh misconstrued idea of what it is that we're going through
0: mm-hmm. so, i mean luckily i'm i'm <laughs>
1: I such a gross representation of what it actually is. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only other times I've seen it, um, have been in like mental institutions. Like people are, you know, jacketed and then there's someone in the corner, like going to town. And I, that bothered me too. Cause I was like, come
1: on. Yeah. And I think that's something that, um, it, it's part of the stigma with it really is that, you know, we're, walking around where among you like it's <laughs> it's not some you know big crazy disorder that you know you you have a jacket in the corner pulling your hair out it's something that happens when you're stressed or when you're in bed by yourself and it's something that is distressing and it's real but it's um it's not dehumanizing and that's that's probably the most important thing that um i would hope that the media takes away from it <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, and as we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to say? Oh, I don't think so um
1: i mean i've I've really, really enjoyed this, and um it's been so refreshing to be able to talk about it with somebody who knows exactly what i mean and that's that's been wonderful and Thank you so much for including me in this um and for anybody that you know is watching it um like again i i feel like you know sometimes with the with a good stitch and and with you know having almost three months in my back pocket i i feel like i'm coming into it with you know i'm doing so well like (laughs) look at me but um i think the biggest takeaway is like everybody is having a different experience but everybody everybody struggles with it nobody finds it easy um and i especially don't um but from my experience being able to talk about it and being able to um embrace that part of yourself um and working with your trick instead of trying to work against it and trying to conquer it that's the biggest thing um for me and and sometimes that results in a real arm wrestle that you don't always win so that. I guess that's the bottom line for me is that as wonderful as it is to talk about it and to like put it all out there. Um, it's not easy. It's, it's an everyday thing and it's daunting to hear people say, Oh, you never get over it. You never, you never recover from trick. It's something that you, you always have, no matter how long your streak is It's something that you're actively battling. Um, and it's scary and it's real and you can have successes and you can have days that are harder than others. And it's all part of it, but there are people out there who you can talk to and, um, who understand. And that is, that is the most valuable resource that I have found is, is having a support system and, and people that love you. So yeah, that's, I guess that's what I, I would leave it on.
0: Well, that's wonderful. It's been really great speaking with you. it and- with you too I can't wait to talk to you again soon you're gonna see me wearing this constantly every day okay great I want to see pictures every day (laughs) I will I I like plan on taking like a little photo shoot with my hat looks great on you I'm so happy you love it thank you well have a nice night thank you so much
1: thank you for having me bye
0: bye